Welcome to my super type A attempt at being Zen, the podcast. My name is Risha York, and I will be your host. If you are overworked, overtired, overstretched, overwhelmed, just over it, you are in the right place. We like to say we are currently working towards Zen-ish. I'm thrilled that you've joined us. Let's see who will be supporting us on our path to Zen today. Welcome to my super type A attempt at being Zen, the podcast. Our guest today is Amy Guerrero, and I'm going to give her a minute to introduce herself. So welcome, Amy. Thank you for joining us here today. Mm, thank you, Risha. It's good to see you. I, know. I, I, did, I didn't get to say that. We just jumped right in. I know. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. It's I, I love being in the space with you because our relationship, we met right, right when I was bringing my business online. Yes. And now, like, what, four years later, it we're is. getting to have this conversation. Six years? Six later. years later? Oh, my gosh. Six years later. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That makes me feel really good. So, yeah, um, I'm Amy Guerrero. And I, um, it's now, like, just with that context, I can just say how much my business has shifted over the years. Yeah. So the whole time, I've been focused on the nervous system. I call myself a nervous system specialist because I am. My approach is to really help people understand their system in a very relatable, digestible way Mm -hmm. so that we can just dissolve any of the shame or the guilt around whatever it is that we're behaving in and go like, oh, that's my nervous system. And if I can attune my body to start working differently with me instead of against me or me against it, then I'm going to experience the Zen that I would like to experience. So in a nutshell, that's my practice. And um, my space started very much in the recovery space because I am a conscious sober woman. And I really did not, I wasn't met where I was at when I was on my journey. And so I was like, I'm going to create something to meet people where they're at rather than I like, love that where they're forcing them to be. <laughs> that is the theme these days in almost every conversation I have is meeting people where they're at. And it's, it needs to be sung from the mountaintops. Oh yeah. hundred percent. And it, the, that's the whole thing is that the practitioner, the guide, the teacher from students to my students, right? Like from children to my students, like that's the thing. If the, if I can't hold myself, then I'm not going to meet people where they're at. Yeah because I'm going to get all uncomfortable and weird and then try to either get on my hierarchy or go to their level. And then we're just going to miss each other. Yeah. And so like this, I love this concept and this podcast today, because it's like, how do we expand our own nervous systems? How do we take that personal responsibility as teachers and as people who have survived some stuff and really like show up there with that regulation? I love that. I love Mm. that. Well, that actually leads us into my first question for you, which is how do you relate to a super type A person? And I ask it because you're so mellow and chill and everything I see 
you out there in the world you're so laissez-faire it's it's enviable (laughs) (laughs) thank you wow what an inspiration it's something I strive for I want to be chill Mm. I I work hard in that direction (laughs) Mm. yeah yeah Mm. that makes so much sense so I relate to a type a person in all of the ways because before this was actually like true before my inner state and my outer state matched, I was in the hustle and I can still get into it very easily. Like the reason that I leaned into alcohol the way that I did and became chemically dependent on it was all around type A because I didn't want anyone to see my wounds. I didn't want anyone to see my pain and I'm a natural charismatic person. So people have always been very attracted to my energy. And I felt like I needed to like, keep that up, be a good girl, like show up, do the show. Yeah, absolutely. And so mask after mask after mask is what I wore in the world. But inside, I was completely like, you know, just overanalyzing, overthinking, reading all the books. I mean, I've been in personal development since literally seventh grade, like pals in in middle school, right? Like I knew that I was headed in that direction, but no one was teaching me how to regulate my own nervous system, which of course in the seventies and eighties wasn't necessarily a thing. So, I mean, all day long, I mean, I lived in San Francisco for 17 years, like in the hustle and I was brilliant at it, but eventually my body was like, stop. Right. And that's when the chemical dependency really hit in. And then I was given this huge opportunity to to really, I, f- I feel like when I stopped drinking, it's like Matri- Neo from the Matrix where he like leans into that thing. And then he's like, I know jujitsu. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I got, I, I got the substance out of my body and then I could actually start to regulate so that all the mindset work, all of the things that I've been working on my whole life. I mean, I was teaching yoga for 10 years at that time. Like so much was already happening that I was doing the things, but I wasn't embodying it and making it a way of life. Right. And that's the shift, right? The shift Mm. to a lifestyle that serves you. That's a hard shift. Yeah. It's a hard shift. Sometimes it takes some really big, scary changes. And I just, a real quick little teaching note here that like, I just want to tell the listeners and everyone, like, it's not your fault. Like our nervous systems are only in service of our survival. Right. And we create parts based on that huge, like survival instinct in our bodies that just go, go, go and do, do, do. And we, we know all the things, but that part is like, if I stop doing this, you might die. Right. And we, if we don't bring conscious awareness to that, then we'll keep in that same loop. Yes. And there will be no like approval Yeah. of yeah. what's actually happening. We talk about it in the course right at the beginning. We have a lot of conversation around fight, flight, freeze, and fawn and understanding how there's these reactions built into your body. Mm. That's it. They're there. So just recognizing how you react and also training your body to know what is traumatic and what isn't. Yeah, for sure. And that takes, that takes consistency. 
It does. A lot of time, consistency and repetition, right? Taking ourselves yeah. out of that space, recentering and understanding that's not a scary thing. You're yeah. okay. <laughs> but for the type A person, which, you know, like a lot of my students are in this space. Yeah. For the type A person, stopping and noticing it is just as terrifying as changing the pattern. Yes. Right. Because the body hasn't understood like if we just think of ourselves as animals like the dog doesn't know where to go to the bathroom yet right right and so it's like you have to train the dog where to go to the bathroom yeah and until the body like starts to trust that you're not going to die when you start these new patterns and behaviors it's not going to do it and yeah oh, just like with with that overanalyzing overthinker it is terrifying it is terrifying it is terrifying and those shifts are terrifying it's it until you start to see the the reaction or the 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 results yeah until you start to feel the bandwidth that you've yeah. created like where you know I mean for me at first it was like I used to drink over that thing all the time. I would be planning happy hour. I would be asking somebody to lunch where we'd have a glass of wine. Da, da, da. And when I started to notice that I was like moving through my days as a consultant in real estate still at the time, and I wasn't like needing to drink over the same things that used to like make me bananas. I was like, oh my gosh, I have so much more like capacity to hold mm -hmm. the discomfort of my sales pitch or the person like yelling at me or whatever it was. And I'm just like, what else? I don't care. But that stuff used to drive me straight to some kind of coping mechanism sure. to escape myself. Yep. And a lot of type of people have that. Yes, absolutely. They do. Absolutely. They do. And it's funny because, you know, when we talk about type A um, here at my super type A attempt at being Zen, a lot of those people come from a place of looking for, they, they embrace responsibility. They embrace it lovingly <laughs> and they'll take it all if you'll give it to them. Mm. And they're looking for a sense of belonging. And those are their main personality trait temperament drivers. And mm. when either of those things is at risk where they have no power control, no responsibility, or they feel ostracized and pushed out of their space. It's where they find the most triggers. Yep. For sure. Right. Yeah. The most activation in the system because your sense of worth value, blah, 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 that you created in this world and is gone. You're just like, oh shit, I'm over here all by myself and no one's going to come get me. And, and then no all one's going to think you're and a I'm three the year old version of yourself. Yeah. I'm the one who's in charge of security or I'm the one who really feels the need to create a secure environment, but how come none of these other people seem concerned about that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it puts them into these hyper vigilant spaces. Mm. Yeah. Which, you know, just the nervous system, it's that the sympathetic fight flight response, like the, it, what happens so often, and this might be something that people really, if you have questions about it, just, tell Risha and I, and I can go into further detail about it, but that hypervigilance is a sympathetic response. So the nervous system is constantly like scanning for the environment and basically saying danger, 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 danger. Yeah. Simultaneous to when that's going on, there's often something that freezes in us. 
And there's a part of us that's just like not able to actually take the action only to stay with the path of least resistance, which is whatever you're doing that isn't actually working or moving your business or your life or your relationships or your finances forward. Right. Right. And so what we don't see so often is that freeze part because we see the person going so fast, but they're not really there. Yeah. They're checked out and it's called a functional freeze. And I really find that so often when my students are coming to my spaces, I'm like, oh, you're frozen. And they're like, but I go a million miles an hour. I'm like, yeah, but you're not really there. Yeah. And so just to give like a lot of permission around that, like it totally makes sense. It's a protective coping mechanism, all the things, but to learn to, to de-thaw that. Yeah. Is really important. It's I was like talking about eating. the Titanic. Yeah, it's like exactly. blind eating, right? You sit down, you're like, oh, I'm hungry. And you just eat what's in front of you and you keep eating and you haven't mindfully checked in to be like, how much of that did I eat? Or, you know, and you start to track food when you're, I'm doing that right now. I'm in a food tracking thing just to see like what's up. And you surprise yourself. You're thinking, oh, wow, I sat down to eat and it's now asking me how much of it I, I don't know what I yeah. eat. Like I sat down at a tray of vegetables and I ate maybe half the plate. I don't know what I ate. I don't remember. I didn't count carrots. Yeah, totally. And that's that just checking out for that moment. And listen, like we need some checking out. Oh, 100%. But can we be conscious about the checking out? Because often there's a big part of us that we need to move the thing that we want to move forward, forward. And that part's frozen. And yeah. so we're like, oh my gosh, this is so frustrating. But the book is only going into like the brain. It's not going into the body. The podcast is only going into the brain. So if you need to listen to this more than once, do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it takes that repetition for you to finally feel something and then go, oh, that's the thing. That's it. Yeah. Right. That's it. Mm. So can you explain how, say, when I'm talking about temperament theory with our, our type A's and their personalities, can you explain how that relates to the nervous system? Yeah, for sure. Um, give me an example of someone so that I can just give a real life thing. Sure. So, um, a great example of someone that I would, and I'm going to call this a caricature. Maybe listeners are going to relate to it. Maybe they're not, but a caricature of a type A person would be, um, they're going to get up at the exact same time every single day. They are already stressed before they get out of bed. They've got a running list of things going. They've got to, you know, get the kids lunches packed, run out the door, get dressed. They're they're so scheduled that there isn't actually a lot of wiggle room to be late or to take a pause or to stop. It's like running the, the, like a freight train right out of the gates. Got it. Right. And what temperament would you call that? So that temperament is usually called a, uh, organized gold temperament in the mm. system that we use. And that organized gold temperament is really focused on responsibility above and beyond everything else. Mm. And also a sense of belonging. They really see their place in the family as the person in charge. They're running the show. It's they're mm-hmm. in charge of the family. They keep everybody on track, on schedule, on time. They get all the organized, all the lunches organized, all the after school activities organized, they get all of the play dates organized, the weekend plans are organized. Everything that's in a calendar is because of them. They like things color coded and binders with pretty highlighters and things that make them feel like everything is in the place where it belongs. 
Mm, so good. Awesome. It feels okay. great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, such a good explanation and I'm sure many listeners are, re are recognizing themselves or their friends or hopefully their virtual assistants. <laughs> yeah. <that>. So true. <laughs> Projectors. Um, so this is what's happening. The, and this is where we can really beat ourselves up if we're not conscious of this. Because while all of those things are highly rewarded in our world or in our family systems, because they can depend on you to get it, it's also exhausting. Yes. And it's literally like, I mean, I can talk about this on the biology and on just like the truth of it. Like you're burning too much of yeah. your, of your biology, like your, your endocrine system is going to get wacky. Everything is going to say inflamed, 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 and you're going to go down. Like you're going to experience the down. It's just true. And whether I think it takes what, 20 years or 60 years, it's going to happen. This is it. And I think this is what's happening is so many people are coming to me and why we built this program saying, I just don't know how to relax. Mm. And I'm saying, I hear you. I just went through this. I spent a decade trying to get to a place where I felt more balanced, sure. more relaxed. So yeah. And let's just talk about it through the nervous system. I'm going to give you a little bit of just education. So there's yeah. three, there's the way that I look at the nervous system is digestible, right? Like there's so much science to it, but blah, like the science does not work for the type A people because they want to then go down that rabbit hole and not make the changes. So just listen up y'all. Very simple. You have three different stages of your nervous system and they're all biologically, they make sense. We can see this in the evolution of the human experience. There's freeze, which we call dorsal. Dorsal is like, oh, the person's about to attack me. I need to just boop, stop, just do the thing. Or like that, a, a small, a, a way to think about that in just your everyday life is eating the whole thing of carrots and going, I don't even remember what happened. Right. So some part of you freezes and go, goes dorsal. So that could be your nervous system state. The other nervous system state with this archetype that we're talking about um, is, you don't call it an archetype, but I just did. Yeah, no, but you <laughs> yeah. can. Yeah, this is the sympathetic state. So that's kind of in the middle there. And that's the second evolution of our nervous systems. So the sympathetic state is the fight flight. That's when the cavemen realized that they could throw a rock at the animal and then eat their meat, right? Which is a great tool. But when we're constantly on fight flight, which this, this template of person is, like, it's not sustainable, Right. And we don't know how to bring it down because it doesn't feel safe to stop because you're so afraid you're going to collapse down here. Yes. There's like a real fear that you're going to totally collapse and go dorsal and never going to be able to get off the floor. Okay. Then, and this is the beautiful part about Stephen Porges's work and Deb Dana's work. It's like they figured out that there's actually a ventral, a everything's okay. In your words, a balanced way right. to live. Right. And I, I do struggle with balance sometimes because the type A person is then constantly looking for balance and they're using that sympathetic energy to find balance. And I'm like, that's not working either. Yeah. Right. But this ventral place is where just everything's okay. And I think that that's where you, what you experience in my nervous system. Like, I'm like, I don't know, my hair is messy. I'm hot and I'm okay. Yeah. All of those things can be okay simultaneously because the nervous system has more flexibility. Right. So what we're actually going for in this template is to understand that you are stuck. 
in a sympathetic response. Right. And all the mindset work, all the books, all the things aren't going to work until you feel safe to start to slow down into a more um, just sustainable sympathetic place. Cause like we're, it, we're in a blended state right now of sympathetic ventral energy. We have sure. a history together. We know each other. We feel comfortable and safe, but we're also talking yeah. and using our prefrontal cortex. So this is what we would call that blended state that we're all going for. Right. But when you wake up with that, and, and then you're, you're already panicked, it's like, can you just notice, Hey, I woke up with a lot of fight flight energy today. Yeah. Probably skip the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause I'm already in there. hundred percent. It's funny. You should say that. Cause I actually, for me personally, part of my journey was I love coffee. Mm. It does not love me. So we visit, we have a weekly date coffee and I, but we cannot live in each other's lives the way that it works for other people. I'm spazzy by myself. Mm. I don't need help. So And that's a beautiful way of working with your system. Yeah. Right. Like I'm not going to crank it, the, the fight flight energy up a notch with caffeine. Right. Because then it's going to affect your gut health and it's going to affect all these other things. And it's like, eh, that's not going to work. So like half calf, half decaf, if you're yeah. weaning yourself off. But the thing that I really want to land is like, can you start telling yourself that story? Instead of the story that you're failing, instead of the story that you have to do everything. Yes. Because until you start to really take any guilt or shame out by using your nervous system as the data, right? Like I'm a human animal and my human animal is highly sympathetic. And so my work is actually to go slow. I mean, I even practice like going slow to the bathroom. Yeah. Right. Like, can I just talk slower? Can I, you know, stare out the window for 30 seconds and then maybe 45 seconds. And then that surge of energy can be moved in a different way. And then, then we get to be precise about how we use this beautiful life force energy because it's gorgeous. Yeah. In this way, without this thing running the show. Right. More discerning more discerning. And I don't love the talking about it through the ego, but in this context, it makes a lot of sense too, because if we're ultimately seeking belonging, yeah, then our ego is going to get very involved in that. It is. And yeah. And it's it, also getting in the way a lot. It's totally is. <laughs> and if we bring a little psychology into it, which I don't, I, I use more of a bottom up approach, but yeah, the ego's the same design. It's there to protect, to keep safe. So we need it. Yeah. And that acknowledgement, that, that thing of like, oh, did you see those notebooks with all the 15 different colors and how organized they are? And oh my God. But like the ego loves it. Yeah. Did, did you have fun while you were actually executing that? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, it, it's one of those things that brings me joy but I have to be mindful around it. If I'm rushing through something like that, yeah, it's not enjoyable. If totally. I'm taking my time to create a beautiful organized system, not only is it enjoyable to do, 
it's very rewarding at the end. Yeah. And that bringing that level of embodiment to the whole thing yeah, is the, is using that like ventral, like okayness energy that's using what is at the top of the ladder. You, you can't do it all the time, but can you commit to coming back to it? Yeah. Yeah. Over and over and over again. And I wonder if that is actually in line too with, you know, we try and talk when I have clients who come to me who are very, very gold, very, very type A. Hmm. The first thing I say is you're not the only one. There are so many of us out there trying to carry the whole world upon our shoulders. Mm. You can put it down for a minute. Mm. There are many more of us to pick up the mantle. Mm. Step back and have some time for yourself and be more mindful and slow down. We're all here. You're not the only one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it really takes some nervous system regulation to hear that. Yeah. Because the protector is going to come up right away and just be like, no, you don't understand. And that's yeah, probably my life is different. Hear. Yeah. I have way too I'm much so on my unique. plate. <laughs> my life is so different. You would never understand me. I own bet I would. <laughs> yeah. And I, and, you know, like I really appreciate that about our, our humanness. It's I like, we too. just think it's so unique and I'm like, <laughs> Okay, but it's not. <laughs> like what I love actually about the system we use is it it posits that we are actually all of the temperament types, mm. but we lean heavily in one or more direction mm. naturally. Mm. And then the other spaces, it's not that we have no capacity to be in that space, but it takes a lot more focus and energy. For sure. And it's the same with the lot. It's the same with the three systems, right? Like yeah. your nervous system might be naturally dorsal. Your nervous system might be naturally sympathetic. We call that your home away from home. Right. So like I'm, I'm always going to be more on the sympathetic side. And if I feel myself sliding down the ladder, I'm like, oh shit, danger, danger, danger. And I might go faster when I actually just need some like good quality rest or staring out the window. Yeah. And instead of danger, 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 it's like I can flow out of these three states and be mm -hmm. all the temperaments and be okay with that rather than like rigid, like rigidly staying in that one state. Cause the rigidity yeah. at the end of the day is what keeps us stuck. Yeah. Well, it's true. And I think that's when we get into mindset talk, that's where we start to talk about fixed versus growth mindset, right? We have the capacity to change. Sometimes we're stuck. Yeah. In a space in that fixed mindset is keeping us focused on a problem or an obstacle that it's, it's, you know, mostly self created. Oh, for sure. Because then it has something to do and belong to. Right. It's creating problems that don't exist because there's a fear that if that problem doesn't exist, that like innately the inner child is like, I'm not going to be valued in this world if I don't create this problem. That's and a big like, question, right? Yeah. So how are you bringing value to the table? Do you have to? Oh, Frankly, can't we yeah. just be ourselves, lean into our strengths, create community? Mm. Yeah, I just, I was just posting on uh, my Instagram stories just now, like my, what I set out to create in my business is like my students teach me and I teach them. 
And, you know, like that beautiful, just like, there's no hierarchy. Like I have this massive strength of like precision and like, I will just get in there and I can just see the pattern like very quickly. And then my students have these other gifts and they teach me all the time. And how do we celebrate that? And really there's so much healing and integrating of that template that you're talking about. I keep saying the wrong thing. What is it? Okay. Temperament. Temperament, that temperament by learning that part of you and and then giving that part of you totally different tasks. Yes. But it can't happen until the nervous system is regulated. So I love in your course that you start with that. Yeah. We have to, you have to. Absolutely. And I don't know, like something that I don't want to get too much into, but I think is very important to just bring in is that especially as, as female body gendered women, who claim that energy, right? Like that, that's just our natural home away from home and our energetic systems is to be that nurturing, to be that, to be that feminine. Like we're often, which my type A was like, so in my masculine. So until, I mean, even in this business, in this iteration of my business, like when I first met you, I was still in my masculine and I was still like running my business through that lens. And then I shifted because I was about to burn out. Sure. And I shifted into like just the softness of like what's true for me and like celebrating my cycle and really getting to know myself in that way. Yeah. And then everything was able to really open up and my vulnerability was already spilling, like a- easily able to come out. But then it just came to this next level. And so, and this is very true for male bodied men as well. Like, you know, that they can just be like, everything I have to do is so performative. And mm-hmm. I work with a ton of men. I have more men in my practice right now than women. And it's just like, when they learn to relax, oh, it's just yeah. so gorgeous because everything opens up and then they're just magnetizing the relationships and the money and all of the things. Yeah. Yeah. I can yeah. appreciate that. It's funny how, when we, you know, we live in a society where things have been set out. Expectations have been set out for us over, I'm speaking just even in just my generation. So let's just talk about the last 40 plus years, right? In the last 40 plus years, the shift in how we talk about what's expected of people has been massive. Mm. And I don't think we give it enough, you know, lip service because when I was little, women were expected to be mm. a specific way. And I'm not saying those expectations are gone, no. but I am saying they are absolutely evolving. Yeah. And we are seeing shifts and changes. And a great example of this is, you know, when I was much younger, especially in my business space, I remember often hearing like, don't show emotion, don't ever come to work with emotion. Well, I did a keynote last Wednesday night and I started it by crying. It was uncontrollable and I didn't stop it because it's how I really felt. Yeah, it's true. And then being able to be vulnerable and honest in front of this group of people in a very authentic way created a really beautiful bond now with me and these women in the room yeah where they were ready to listen to what I was bringing to the table and I was ready to share it and they knew 
how much it meant to me. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I'm not up here just telling you stuff. I feel all of it. And that's why I'm here. It's why I'm getting out of bed. It's why I'm booking this gig. It's why I showed up here tonight. Right. And so trying to be that honest and open and transparent, that can be scary. Mm, and again, it takes that expansion in the nervous system, right? Because maybe seven years ago, that wasn't possible for you. Oh, absolutely. Not. I would say 10 years ago. Absolutely. There's no way. I would have berated myself the rest of the night and been like, how dare you so unprofessional show up doing something like that. Right. And instead I had a moment of that because that doesn't totally sure. go away. Mm, no, right. Never. Let's be no, because honest. You're designed for protection. Yeah. So the protector not... part of you is like Risha. Oh my gosh. That was so unprofessional. Absolutely. But like, I like to even give it a voice like that, you know, and I'm like, Oh, you're so cute. This is what's happening. Cause this is what's true right now. And I follow yeah. that. And it's about addressing it. Right. So in my brain after I was like, okay, so now we cry at presentations. That's fun. And then um, throughout the rest of the night, I had several women come up to me and say, I'm a crier too. Thank you so much. It was so beautiful. And I thought, okay, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate hearing that. It didn't stop me from getting in my car and having a moment where I was like, oh, seriously. And then I went, no, but it's okay. Because if I'm asking you or anyone else to show up as you, mm. authentically you all the time and not wear a mask and not mm. be full of shit. Mm. Then I need to give myself that same grace and same permission. And that's what we're going to do here. And then let it go. Yeah. I mean, that's practicing what you teach, you know, but what a like, nice learning moment, right? Cause beautiful. to be to face with it for a moment to be right, right, right. Here I am. <laughs> yeah and I think that that's another you know like literally facing yourself in the mirror of your car or whatever you're looking at and just like oh wow that felt really edgy yeah and now I just expanded my edges yeah like because now you're going to be able to hold more in every area of your life whether you see the benefits or the results of that now or in like two months, three months, but with your children, with your partner, with all of your presentations in your course, like you will see that everywhere. Yeah. And it was all that willingness to approve of that part of you coming to save you. Yeah. And then approve deeply of who you are and what the truth is right now. Yeah. And then just like, I always thank that part, like, Hey, thank you so much because yeah. you kept me alive way longer than maybe I would have been alive if it wasn't for you. Yeah. I just don't do it that way anymore. Yeah. We're just so, going to come at come it here. from a different direction. Let's go color code some notebooks. I'm not the yeah. color coder, but you know, like we, I like to be conscious to give that part that said the thing. A Something it wants. Yeah, exactly. A different role, a different, different thing. responsibility. I'm like, let's go live on Instagram together or whatever. Yeah. You know, like I just want to make sure that I'm acknowledging like that was a survival pattern that worked. How much fun is Amy Guerrero? She gives so much insight to our nervous system. I hope you've enjoyed part one. Please do join us for part two. Thank you for listening. Like and subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to podcasts.
visit www.yorkmotivational.com for more information on my super type A attempt at being Zen, the coaching program, lead without permission, or visit our contact page to reach out to Risha. Wishing you all continued balance and fulfillment on your road to Zen.